This is episode 32 of The Modern Recordist. This is the podcast where we talk about designing and living your life as an extraordinary artistic visionary, discussing inspiring and creative ideas around making music and art that creates an impact in the world. On this podcast, we sit down with musicians, songwriters, producers, and all manner of artistic visionaries to learn exactly what we have to do and who we have to be to create meaning and live out our artistic visions. I'm your host, John Stinson, a natural bass producer and recording engineer, a collector of experiences, a lifelong learner, a lifelong teacher, and an artistic visionary in my own right. And I welcome you to episode 32 of The Modern Recordist and the year-end episode, the very, the final episode of 2015. So, uh... Welcome, thanks for listening, and um, hanging out here with my buddy Parrish, who actually hasn't been on the show in a little while, and we're we're uh, we're sitting here together tonight to do our kind of just wrap-up show for the year, and hang out and chat and talk about a lot of different things and whatever, so uh, it won't be too long, we'll keep it, keep it kind of short, but talk about a variety of things, so awesome, thanks for... Hey, yeah man, it's good yeah. to be back. Yeah, it's good. It's good to like hang out on the mic with you after a little while. So always enjoy that. And, um, you know, I enjoy, uh, it's, you know, I, I enjoy a lot of this show. I enjoy a lot of aspects of the show. I enjoy doing some of these kinds of, you know, solo episodes. Um, uh, but lately I've kind of been in this thing where I've kind of been enjoying having people on and stuff. And so, um, you know, it's good to have, you know, have you on and the, uh, the 15 minute mix down. I want to start there for a second. Um, which isn't really what I intended to do, but I, um, you know, it was, it's kind of been, that was, that's an interesting evolution of like when I thought of the idea of what I wanted to do with the 15 minute mix down and in theory what it was versus what it started to become, which was interesting because, um, it became sort of this like thing for me to be able to rant off on kind of like mindset stuff because I felt like how that, uh, how it's so intertwined with creating good music, you know, mindset and stuff like that. And I think that, at least a lot of the stuff that I read, I, I think that there's some newer stuff out there. This like idea of like the creative economy is becoming uh, a more of a thing now and more yeah. of a thing that people are talking about. And, um, there's a lot of blogs and sort of, um, I guess maybe like health, wellness and spirituality blogs that are talking right. about that stuff. But, um, it's not like a lot of times music blogs or, um, you know, when it comes to music, you've got sort of like music creation blogs or like music discovery blogs. Mm -hmm. So you've got like Brooklyn vegan, which would be like a music discovery blog where, Oh cool. The new, whatever indie band, the new record. And I'm going to, you know, and then you've got the music creation blogs like, um, I don't know. Recording revolution is one that comes to mind because he, this guy, Graham Cochran has gotten, done a really good job over the number. I've seen his blog grow like from like 
when just starting out to now being a really a, a powerhouse that's really recognized. Um, he talks about this kind of stuff sometimes, but it's really most of the time, like when you look at like, you, of course, you know, we haven't brought up tape op in a long time. Probably they haven't talked about tape op <laughs> since the last time you were on the show. <laughs> There's something about like, yeah, you bring out whatever I'm around. Yeah. Somehow, you bring, Larry you bring Crane. out the tape op. Yeah. <laughs> but all that stuff is a lot of times talking about, you know, um, it's just like recording, uh, techniques you know or how to use an eq or or how to use an eq this way or what have you you know right and um i just got on this thing about like mindset and how that is really just your creative mind and and sort of this mindset thing and having um having an uh, emotional health opens you to creativity because it re- when you reduce the psychological drag yeah all of a sudden like your creative mind when you're not having to spend like cycles on like stressing about whatever you know if you're having a relationship problem or an addiction problem or a or a you know I don't know whatever it is depression problem or something um when you don't have to use cycles on that what your mind can do you right. know and as a creative person it opens you up to kind of flower open, you know, yeah, and what you can put your motivation towards. Yeah, totally. So it was fun for a while when on this thing, and I'm sure I'm going to get back into that place, but you know, I kind of went through that where like, I, I guess it, what does it say to me about me? You know, when I was, you know, I think it was kind of like something that I needed to speak into for myself and like having moments of just, I guess, learning moments or spiritual moments or whatever. And to help me bring that full circle, it was, a, an, I sort of used the 15 minute mix down as a platform to do that. And, um, anyway, so, but now I, you know, I've kind of gotten to this place where I'd, I'd like to use, um, that segment as something to actually talk more about you know, recording techniques for a little while and kind of go that route for a little bit. I think it's a, I think it's a cool thing because there's a lot of different ways you can use that segment and, and I intend to explore it in a lot of different ways. But anyway, all that to say, it's cool because this isn't, although this isn't really a 15 minute mix down episode, it's kind of likened to one because we're, you know, it's just like two of us, but it's cool like to have somebody on and, you know, I want to do a little bit more of that. I think, um, experiment with a little bit more of that. Um, but that also, um, I should say that, um, I'm probably going to be changing the name of the 15 minute mix down. I used to have a blog called producers notes that I liked. Um, it was a blog that I don't run anymore. And, um, I, I talked a lot about kind of the same thing as like what this podcast is in a lot of ways, but shared a lot of recording techniques and a lot of the things like what happened was I, I basically my website and my blog, my personal website and blog replaced the producer's notes. And so I didn't, um, it, it was just like, man, it was not going to make sense for me. It's going to be too much work and not make sense for me to run two blogs that Double are basically up, yeah. on the same thing, you know? Yeah. So I ended up d- replacing it and I was, but I loved the name producer's notes and I always wanted to like, what can I, like, I would like to use that name for something. And so I think, I'm going to change the name um, to from 15 minute mix down to producer's notes. It just seems cooler to me. I don't know for no other reason that just jiving with me now. And like, 
because this is the internet and guerrilla media. After all, there are no rules. So yeah, in 2016, that's what I'm going to do. And you could change it again. Yeah, I could totally change it again. So I just think that rings better. And it also kind of sort of like in my mind, somehow or another, it communicates more um, efficiently what that segment is about, you know? So everything from, you know, mindset stuff to um, recording techniques and production philosophies and, you know, um, just kind of like creative recording topics and talks in general um, and and songwriting stuff. That's really what it is, which is what the 15 minute mix down was about. But um, but I I just this seems to fit better in my mind at this moment in time and uh, also doesn't really. You know, because sometimes the 15 minute mix down goes more than 15 minutes. Sometimes it goes shorter, whatever. It's how my how I'm feeling it. So yeah. anyway, that's that. That was like something I was planning. No on. time limitations. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So you can expect that in the future. Um, but yeah, let's, um, you know, I kind of jumped down into that a little bit and didn't kind of like um, kind of introduce the show. Is like taking this is like our opportunity as the last end of the year show for uh, Parrish and I to sit down and kind of like reflect on some things and also just kind of talk about where we're going to be going on this eve that I believe if I'm not mistaken the new Star Wars movie is out tonight isn't it? I think it? that's right. This yes. is instead of going to see the Star Wars I don't know are you going to see it tonight? I'm not. I'm not yeah. much of a Star Wars are you not? guy. No. Really? I've seen the six that are out once yeah. or twice each you know but I don't know, man. Uh, it's just not your thing. It just huh? doesn't do it for me. Really? Are you sci? Are you sci-fi guy at all? Not really. Okay. Um, no. And yeah. I really, I watched. Um, you know, if I had to choose, kind of one of those big classic. Back to the Future was always kind of my jam. Okay. You know, that's kind of like a. In my mind, it's sort of like a. It's really a sort of a. I don't know, an action comedy kind of. Yeah. With a little sci-fi. A little sci- a sci-fi. It's not really a sci-fi. Sort of like yeah, you know. Um, but that's definitely one of my favorite movies. Yeah, as I'm, I'm sure people are aware because it's we've talked about that a number of times on the show. But yeah, that's and that's actually that movie is important to me because it is part of the catalyst of what the reason that I was like I'm going to play guitar oh, and I'm yeah. going to get into the music business for sure, man. You know that first <laughs> opening scene when he blows himself up. I'm like, yes, whoa, like. Like almost, I'm about to swear because it's so like, like that's like my thing, man. I want to blow myself up with an. Where do you get an amp like that? You know, it's great. That's incredible. Marty McFly is, he's like, he's super cool, but he's also kind of the everyman. Yeah, totally. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's interesting because he he you know like he's he's a cool dude, but like the show in the movie, they didn't really put a lot of emphasis on him being like a popular guy with the whole, with the nice, with the like, like with the, they didn't like, he's not supposed to be a dork. Right. But also he's not the, that's what I liked about that movie. One of the things like, this is something that people don't really ever, I don't think the people ever really acknowledge this because while he's like the popular cool dude in the, in the school, it's not the typical way like he's not the football guy he's not yeah. super like where are all his friends he's got his girlfriend and then the guy goes over to a like a weird scientist's yeah. house and hangs yeah. out that's his best friend is a weird scientist <laughs> exactly you and know? the principal's like you know is it my understanding you're still hanging around 
that weirdo, you know, yeah, like Dr. Yeah. Emmett Brown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's like 50 years older than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And then he, and he goes back in time and he's like, and like, um, and like, they're trying to figure out how to get him back. Whereas to the, where he's from. And, um, doc is like saying like, well, you know, such and such and all this like weird science stuff. And then Marty's like, oh man, doc, that's heavy. And doc's like, well, what's the deal with that heavy thing, man? Like, is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull in the future? <laughs> He's like, Marty, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that you can get plutonium at any corner drugstore in 1985, but here in 1955, plutonium is really hard to get. Anyway, that's uh, I could recite that movie. It's probably it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, maybe that'll be episode what 33 or 34 yeah maybe a reading maybe i'll do yeah maybe it will maybe that will i mean what's the copyright deal with that would i expect to get a letter of like uh uh uh, takedown like if i if i don't air the actual audio and i'm just reading the script could could they say you need to like give me a letter and say you need to take that down we could read it in accents and say it's parody there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. We're gonna, okay, so you can look for that in the future. At some point in the future of the Monarchortist. I'm not saying when, just at some point in the future. Or um, the past. Or the past. There you go. That's that's clever. Um, we're going to do a live performance. We're going to get all our friends. We're going to do a live performance of uh, Back to the Future, like, Back in the in the in the in the day with like when H.G. Wells would read, right? You know, War of the the Worlds or whatever on the radio. That's how we're gonna. That's that's the what we're trying to tell you here is that the future of the modern recordist is gonna be. This is gonna be big, folks. Radio radio uh, uh, acting. (laughs) That's the future, man. Podcasting. That's the future. Podcasting. Serial is very popular. Yeah, actually, it is, and I haven't listened. I've never listened to it. Have I you? haven't either, but it's very popular. Yeah, and uh, people like to listen to that, so I think that they'll what appreciate is, what our is accents. It, actually, it's. Uh, I think it's a retelling of someone that was accused of murder, and it's kind of like a. Is fic- it? A, is it's, it? It's a fictional reading. I think. I. I don't know, but I think it's a fictional reading of a. Loosely based on a true story. Okay, so it's a it's it's like it is a throwback to like pre television days. Yeah, yeah, it's like a story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're telling a story. Okay, that's interesting. That's cool. Um, yeah, maybe I have to check that out. Might be something I get sucked into. Yeah. And I could be very wrong about that. Yeah, because <laughs> I've never listened to <laughs> People it. People like are going. That's, that's, that's not what that's it's not about what at it all. Is, you idiot. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the story we're going with. Well, I am a huge Star Wars fan, and uh, but you know, instead of um, going out and dealing with that tonight, apparently, which you can't get a ticket. Like they, they, the whole like it sold out in presale. Yeah. Which I didn't even know that was a thing with movies yeah. now. Yeah. Well, I'll be how for long this have they one, been doing that? Just this one. That's it. They've I never done know. that with a movie before ever. I guess you could buy tickets to whatever movie you wanted. Yeah. It's just like it's unnecessary. Yeah. You know, like I've bought tickets to a movie three or four days in advance. Yeah. Because I knew I was going. Yeah. Just going. But I'm talking about before it's it hadn't even hit the box office. Have they released like we're gonna sell tickets, but it's not you know the release dates you know in a month, and we're gonna start selling tickets now. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
well, I have to say, I'm, I, I've deliberately not watched anything or looked at any news about any of it because, um, man, it's just too many times when, and I haven't gone to the movies. I haven't gone to the movies. Man, I can't remember the last movie I saw in the theater. It's not really something I do much anymore. Yeah, you know? I go way more now than I used to. Yeah. Uh, because my fiance is super into that she loves going to the movies, yeah. to the theater, doing the whole thing. Yeah. I, it is fun. I it's like super it. fun. I like it. It's fun. But it it's is. but it's, you know, well, what does it cost like 20 bucks or something this per yeah. ticket now? It's a little pricey. Yeah. So like I don't and you got to get the popcorn. Yeah, I I like to do it. I but I don't like to do it all the time. I don't know. It's it's something to do. But um, I can't remember the last movie I saw in the theater. But I, you know, so I haven't, and I don't really watch TV. So I don't. There's not like, I don't really know what movies are out, and I don't see previews. Yeah. And but like with Star Wars, anything Star Wars, I specifically avoided. Yeah. There's been so it's ridiculous. It's like it's so ridiculous. It's like how many times I've sat there and seen a preview and been like, really? I don't have to watch. Why do what? Why do what? Like I was so mad when um, when uh, they were promoting the movie Southpaw, which I still haven't seen. And one of the reasons that I haven't seen it is because the because the like I watched the preview. I like I w- it just came on TV, right? Mm-hmm. And I happened to be watching and like, oh, what's this? And halfway through the preview, I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me! You've got it." They showed the plot twist. They showed everything, and oh. by the end of it, I'm like, "Wow, I really would have liked to see that movie." And now, kind of, it's kind of ruined. Like, I don't know any reason, and I still haven't seen it. You know, it's yeah. like they showed the whole movie. I know, like, there's no reason that, yeah, you know, to watch it. And a lot of times, they'll do that, like, and you'll think, "Well, maybe they've surely there's there must be something else, even more." Mm-hmm. Than what they showed me, and too many right. times I've gone to see it. I'm like, no, they actually showed the whole thing. Right. I can't believe it, right. you know. So I don't, I don't watch. If there's anything like any movie that looks like, ooh, that seems like that seems like something cool, and those that's a good cast. I'll avoid looking at any of the promo because it's just like too many times it's been right. ruined, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's they're selling the trailer more so than the movie. Yeah, you know, the film studios yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I I was looking actually today. I saw it was like a review of a trailer, like a blogger had really? like written a review That's of the trailer. You know, and I'm like, wow. I don't. How do you what? even? I guess you write. A, you know, I guess you can. You can write a review of anything. That's hilarious. It's like a thirty and second. So, and so, like, thirty second does trailer. Have, does this guy have a viable blog that has a lot? I of, didn't. I didn't read it. That's interesting. I did see the headline. They um. Somebody pointed out to me, it's funny, there's this like YouTube channel where they, it's called the Honest Trailers or something, and they um, they make these parodies of like, like one of them is like, uh, it's uh, uh, Taken, it's hilarious, mm-hmm. it's so funny, you guys should <laughs> check it out, the Honest Trailers. Anyway, so um, yeah, that's that, um, enough about that, you know, uh, I'd love to know about what's going on in your world lately Ave and all that you know it's been a while since we've caught up yeah and you and I were actually grabbing coffee yesterday and I got to hear a little bit about maybe what's going on but you were telling me about maybe some recording plans coming yeah, up and so stuff. it'd be great to talk about that yeah Ave um, we are working on well of course we're playing live and, and all of that kind of thing and um, but behind the scenes we're kind of working on our 
what will be our third record. Um, kind of demoing out some songs for that. Right now we've got five to six pretty well-adjusted ideas. Um, and we're kind of doing, you know, um, pretty simple, you know, line-in kind of demos mm-hmm. with just some program drums and that kind of thing mm-hmm. just to kind of flesh out the ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you guys do that, you all, everybody gets together in that process. Not always. Okay. Um, not always, uh, for, you know, say half of them, it's been me and Kyle, uh, who's our singer. The other half have been like me and Kyle and Lloyd together. Um, so yeah, it's for the, for the most recent record, we were all together. Mm-hmm. We did it. Every bit of it was all together. And we actually did it, you know. Like, like in the writing process. In, a, in like a rehearsal room. Together. And everybody had like their instruments in their hands. and like. So you guys wouldn't really do any writing and le- and for that record. Like you're talking about right. the r- one that's currently out now. Correct, yeah. In the writing process looked like we're Which all going to get there's, together. There's nothing. Huh? Yeah, the, there's that nothing. one's called There's Nothing. Yeah, There's yeah. Nothing. Um but the writing process was like, we're all going to get together and write. We're going to schedule a time where we all get together, you know, one day a week, two days a week, whatever. And we're all going to write. And if we're not, if that, you know, otherwise we're not going to write. Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a, what I consider at least to be like that kind of traditional, how a band writes a song, you know, you're in your rehearsal space, everybody's got their guitar, their drumsticks in the hands and, you know, you're kind of fleshing out arrangements like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas this time around we're using, you know, we're, we're in the box, we're tracking in the box and we're tracking as we go on the demos, okay. you know? So there's no, like we're not playing live. We're using click tracks and drum tracks and that kind of thing mm-hmm. to, to kind of be the, the map. So it, but it's, it's, it's like a writing slash demoing process. It's kind of all yeah. sort of intertwined yeah. one and the same. Yeah. And so we'll kind of spend say six to eight hours. And what I'm finding actually is, um, this is just a side note is like when we start earlier in the morning and go to like the afternoon, it's a little more productive than when okay. we start for whatever reason, um, later at night. And then, yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's a couple of schools of thought on that kind of stuff that, you know, it's, it, I'm glad you brought that up because it's a good takeaway to kind of to, to, to kind of talk about in the writing process. Um, that's important timing of the day and not everybody's the same and there's different schools of thought and people who are really a lot of times like, um, you know, I've heard about sort of like more people like book authors talk about that stuff than other types of writers and creatives, but they, but the good ones that they, they spend time figuring out like when their time is like Tim Ferriss, he says, you know, for whatever reason, when it's, when I'm, it's time for me to write, um, actually get down and get down to it in writing. That's like 11 PM to 2 AM for me. You know, yeah, and then like I think I'm not sure what Stephen Pressfield's timing is, but it's not that. It's not he's not a late night guy. I don't believe, you know, but he but he knows what it is, and he's like, that's when I'm going to go show up to write and do do that work, you mm-hmm. know. And if it's not that window, you know, like they're doing other things, like they may be collecting data or or, or whatever the material, the raw material may be that ultimately becomes the book, but the actual like writing process part of it is um you know they have a uh, they have a, a place so like it's it's good that you kind of recognize that because yeah. I, I would want 
to have that be a takeaway from people listening, like spend time figuring that out for yourself. You know, right. that's an important as a writer, as a songwriter, as a creative, that's an important part of your craft to learn. Like, you know, and like Steven Pressfield is like, I'm going to spend four hours. If I do four hours in a day, you know, and I show up for that four hours and even in that four hours, if I only get, you know, 200 words out or whatever, mm-hmm. that's a, a win. Yeah. That's a win, you know? And, you know, um, he's like, I know that after, after four hours, after like whatever it is, like, you know, I'm going to be done at 4 PM, let's say he, he knows like he's, he's had enough experience to know that's like things start to get a little, I, I know like things start to get a little bit sort of detached in my brain or something. It's not the same. It's not the same anymore. I'm like beyond my yeah. peak. And so, you know, I'm, I'm done. You know, I, you, you create boundaries for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, so that you're not just like, I, I think it's important for, and I totally interrupted you on this tangent, but I think it's important to kind of put that out there for like mu- the musician world. Yeah. Because I think there's this tendency that like, there's this sort of like, sort of like rock star story that gets out there that's uh-huh. like, oh yeah, you know, you're going to be like around the clock basically making music or you're going to be, you know, doing it all night or whatever. And you may, you may, uh, get into the studio at 6 PM and, and not get done it until 6 AM. But you know, and I've certainly been on sessions like that mm-hmm. and, and not really understanding that you, it, 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 it's, you can be really, you can end up being really counterproductive and yeah. not realize it. You know, yeah, I, mean, I think that's the thing, man. Yeah. It's like, at least for me is when I'm working in those twilight hours, it's like you feel like you're firing on all cylinders, but really you're just really tired, you yeah. know, and it's like you're kind of you're kind of getting that adrenaline rush from yeah. being really tired. Yeah. And it feels like you're really, a, you know, man, we're we're doing great things here. But yeah, you're really just kind of like bleary eyed and right. you just need to go to bed. I think every once in a while there's probably a time and place for that. Just yeah. to sort of like, you know, whatever kind of definitely, just, you know, but, but to be honest with you, what I've come to, what I've come to know is for me, just sort of like operating that way by default actually puts me in a place of stress. Yeah. I'm a little bit stressed out. Like, Ooh, right. I want to go to bed. What is this going to mm-hmm. mean for tomorrow? Like, it's just not, it, it puts me at dis-ease. I want to yeah. be, I don't want to be up at that high energy level. Like my circadian rhythm as human beings, we're not nocturnal animals. Right. right. And so our natural circadian rhythm is to want to be asleep at that hour. And it just kind of puts, it puts me in this, this sort of agitated space, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like something isn't right here or whatever, you know? So yeah, we've, I, at least I've found that the sessions that I'm involved in those earlier ones, say 10 AM to, you know, 4 PM, 6 PM. Those are the ones that feel really good to me. Um, you know, and then coming back and editing those, and it's just kind of a constant, you know, editing process and reviewing. Mm-hmm. And, and finally it's like, okay, yeah, I feel like we've got, because at this point, it's all about the arrangement. You know, it's like I feel like we really have a good arrangement here. Mm-hmm. You know, we can change parts and tones and all of that kind of stuff later. But at this point, it's like hammering home, you know, song arrangement. Mm. So, so it's so that's it's all about that. It's all about so like when you come into the so you, when you come into the room, does anybody ever have like, hey, I've got this idea. Here's this idea, and let's like flush it out. Okay. Sometimes, um, I'd say like maybe ten to fifteen percent. Okay. Of things that we write. That's how it starts. Okay. Um, very rarely. And generally it's Kyle that has the idea. 
um, okay. of like a vocal kind of thing that maybe okay. he's been working on. Or so like it'll be like a melody, or it'll be a like yeah. he'll hum a melody, or maybe he has like a lyric chord progression or and a melody kind okay. of thing. You know, okay. like yeah. All right, cool. And then you, you maybe kind of expand that upon out. that. Yeah, but otherwise, it's like you guys go up in the room. Oh, we you know let's see what we get, and you just pick up your instruments and like. Somebody's doing something oh, I kind of like that. Yeah. And somebody kind of flows with it, and then it kind of builds Essentially. out. Essentially, yeah. For me, it's like I try to find like a good uh, starting point, like the BPM. Mm-hmm. You know, like even just I'm on the click track, and I'm like, you know, where does it feel good? Can people? Can somebody dance to this? Does is this even if it's not danceable, um, which a lot of our music is not, but you know, uh, if it's not danceable, does it have a pleasant BPM? It, does it have a a yeah, like, like a natural flow. It's still to got, it and, uh, it's still got like a, what's the word? A symmetrical beat to it or yeah. something. Even though it's like, yeah, like I know what you mean. Like your music isn't necessarily danceable, but it is like foot tappable. You yeah. know what I mean? Like uh-huh. a lot of like a lot of indie rock is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like you know white kids with guitars and beards. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that kind of music is is it's not really. Um, and anything that you where you kind of get like it's it's a little bit left of mainstream and it's a little bit indie and underground and a little bit arty and stuff like that. Right. It's a lot of times it's not like it's not really danceable, but but in the sort of like hipster kind of the way that that crowd sort of like dances, mm-hmm. it is. It's not like EDM music danceable. Right. It's not four on the floor necessarily. Um, you know, and like your guys' um, current record, there's you know, a lot of times where beats stop and start and stop and start and mm-hmm. kind of stuff like that. But, but it's still foot tappable. Yeah. Right. So you finding I mean? that, you know, is generally, you know, kind of the starting point is, yeah. you know, find the click and then, you know, build like a kick snare kind of thing. So when around you say, it. say find the click, does that mean like basically you're like, where does this, what, at what tempo does this feel like it grooves the best? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Okay. Yeah. Or I'll use the tap tempo function okay. on pro tools and just like, kind of you know nod my head tap my toe tap along yeah to that and then that kind of you know it lands where it lands yeah you know and then i'm like okay yeah that that feels pretty good cool move on from there cool cool so um so then you guys uh are like demoing that as you go and kind of layering it layering things mm-hmm. on and stuff yeah and, and then, each one kind of starts differently yeah, could start with a synth, could start with a guitar. Okay, and so then after, and how how long do you guys usually? What's your? You, did you say something like eight hours? You usually? Yeah, r- okay. six to eight. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel that's pretty pretty solid, or do you feel that? Do you feel like at any point in time you're kind of like out of juice and you're having to push through that, or do you feel is it is it is it like? I guess I'm wondering. How come that seems like a long time? Yeah, and it's generally a full day's work. the outcome there is like a full on, pretty well thought out arrangement. You know where like some of the tracks even are like keeper tracks in that six to eight hour span. You know, so like it really produces a really big end product. Okay, you know, so like keeper track is in like that's actually going to be on the on we're going to release that on a record. Right. Okay. Yeah. We're like that's good enough. Okay. We like the sound of that. You cool. Know, it's good enough to Cool. It's keeper. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. So, um and some of it you know, it's you're going to 
it's just placeholder. Right. You know, you do it even as placeholder. Right. It's like, we've got to have something there right now and we'll pull it out later. Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, how about technically, um, let's talk about sort of the recording setup a little bit. How do you guys approach it, approach that stuff? Yeah, basically we're using one pre, um, straight in. We're going either, if it's a guitar situation, we're going guitar to pedal board straight into the preamp. Okay, so you've got one preamp. Yeah. So you'll like program some drums or something, program some maybe synth stuff, then you'll have this one yeah, preamp. The synth, the synth stuff, we're using a micro Korg, and it's the same situation. We're just going straight into the one preamp. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so you're not using like a software synth with a MIDI trigger or something. Nope. Okay. Nope. Yeah, okay. it's just a micro Korg. We also have a... um another synth that we use it's like a little yamaha i'm not sure what it do you, is exactly, do you guys ever so you like to use outboard dedicated synths and you don't you guys you don't really like to mess with the software synths yeah huh? i mean we just haven't really dug into the software synths yeah you know yeah. that's really what it is it's like the micro korg is there it's a little more tangible mm-hmm. you know generally i find when you start digging into the software you start dealing with more troubleshooting than actual like creation so sure you just kind of plug the coordinate straight into the preamp and you're like ready to rock. Yeah. Okay. I can, I, I can totally vibe with that. I, I totally, I, I totally get it. Um, um, so you got the one preamp and everything. Basically it's just like you're going one track at a time when you program beats though, do you, is that, that's not software yeah, all, either. No, it's, okay. um, it's all stereo and it's what it is is generally it's garage band. Okay. So, you know, some kind of little garage band, like garage band is running the beat generation device software, or is that the actual recording software that you're using to, to demo all this stuff? We're demoing it all in pro tools. Okay. And we'll put, we'll basically like play an iPad into Pro Tools. Okay. So it's GarageBand on an iPad. Right. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. So you'll program some drum beats and stuff in GarageBand, mm-hmm. then just play that into Pro Tools, like through the pre or something? Yep. Okay. Cool. So you got this one pre, and everything gets layered <laughs> through that. Everything cool. through the pre. Cool. Yep. Cool. And um, and I think and you had mentioned that you're not miking guitar amps. Not yet. I think we will. So what's the, how come you don't just mic them, you know, at this, at, like, at, at this, this point, it's just like, it's the same reason why we would use the micro cord. you know, it's just plug it in the, you know, the path of least resistance. So you just want to simplify, you want to have a simple process. Right. Okay. Get the idea down, focus yeah. on creation and like, and really even focus on like having it be fun. Cause okay. when we start digging into amps, it turns into like tweakery. Exactly, yeah. man. And you're like dialing in tones. Which is what software synth world turns into also. Yeah. You know? So it's just your constant it's like there's no there's no writing going on. Yeah. It's all tone based. Yeah. You know? Which that has its time and place and can yield some great writing results once you find the tone. But mm-hmm. um yeah. So cool. Well, right on. So yeah, that's cool, man. Um So we're actually um yeah, we like I said, we've got five or six that are pretty well thought out, and we're hoping to get you know ten to twelve mm-hmm. to make a next a next record. So you guys will like record all that stuff, have a have a, a session where you're let's say like you know in an eight hour time period. Does that yield in terms of like demos? Yield a couple of demos or 
you know, I'd say one per six to eight hours. Okay. And then, so you do that and then you, and then you later, you were mentioning like an, uh, uh, like an editing and reviewing process. Is that so like after that, like day of work and you leave and then it's sort of like, it seemed cool, but maybe we need to go back and review. It's because you just, you're not sure how cool it is yet or something. It's just, um, tightening it up, you know, where like in that first session, it's like no holds barred get it on tape it could be you know 10 minutes or it could be one chord the entire time you know what i mean like yeah it's just get it paint mm-hmm. you know paint paint the picture mm-hmm. uh get the idea and then you kind of start drilling down the arrangements the this is this is um this is unnecessary. You know, whatever it is that you might be in your reviewing process to say, like, this is unnecessary. It's not adding. It's not adding anything, mm-hmm. you know. And if it's not adding anything, it needs to be taken away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of thing. You know, like, thinking of that, like, using that philosophy of, like, it's not just, like, layering and building and all of that just for layering and building's sake. Right. It's, like, does that layering and building add something? Yeah. If it's, you know. Right. You take it away. Yeah. That's cool. So cool. I'll um I'll ask you one last question, uh, and then we can move on sort of to the next to really um, kind of close out the show. But uh, in the in the in sort of in that process of like writing and recording, is there anything recently that you've come across in terms of kind of like, ooh, this is a cool new sound or a cool new something you know that that's you know. Um, like for example, today I was in a recording session, um, and uh, this guy, uh, this session player George Marinelli, plays for Bonnie Raitt, um, and I love working with him. And he, um, and uh, him, and actually a number of other session players I work with. But there's this thing that that some guys do that they'll have a what they call a high string guitar. And sure. I don't know, you know that uh-huh. trick, like, and I love that trick. Like where emulate the twelve string. Yeah, right? so where like people don't know what it is it's basically like so if you have a six string guitar and then you take just you know the 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 sixth uh fifth and fourth string are like just regular like what you would regularly put on a guitar but then the third second and first string are from a 12 string guitar like the up the high octave of of a of a 12 string so all of a sudden like it's the same notes, but they're like an octave higher than what they would be if it was just a, your six string. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like it kind of makes all of a sudden this interesting jump in an octave, you know, and it it creates a cool kind of tone. And, you know, that's a cool trick that one of those things where I kind of had forgotten about it because I just hadn't I hadn't really recorded that in a while. But, you know, George busted out the high string today. And I'm like, man, that's I want to. I need to. I want to string up one of my guitars that way and yeah. play with that. Yeah, we used to know? keep one around. We just oh, really? had like a little Dan Electro that we had high strung, you know, and it just stayed high strung. Yeah. Well, so is there is there anything recently like kind of like that in terms of like you know maybe a pedal you've come across or like some way you've hooked up pedals or like you know some way you've maybe you dimed all the knobs on your pedal board or something or like you know. Anything interesting that's or, or a new scent thing or something? Hmm. One thing is that there are some decent scent sounds within GarageBand. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of, I mean, I was really surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, we were like, well, let's just get something in here. Placeholder, 
see what GarageBand has. Yeah. So we actually did use some of that. Okay. Um, that was kind of cool. Um, that's not earth shattering though. Um, what? Hmm. I'll tell you like some things. Um, I can remember when I was mixing your guys' record, some things that I, I played around with was like, that I'd forgotten that I had this plugin. It's a Waves plugin called Mondo Mod. And it's like this modulation, sort of panning, sort of, um, you know, it, it, it sort of a pitch shifter. It does like, sort of like, you know, it's his own sort of amalgamation of like all that stuff. And you can kind of have it do all those things or you can turn some of that stuff off and, I'd actually forgotten I had that plugin because it's kind of wacky, you mm-hmm. know, and it's not mm-hmm. something that you, it's not like you, you don't really like use that kind of a thing a lot, right. you know, but, um, that, and then there's this other thing called, uh, it's primal tap, which was at the time it was a sort of newer plugin from, uh, from sound toys. And it's like a delay plugin that emulates an old wacky delay or something. I can't remember, but, um, I was playing with that and kind of chaining those two together because with Primal Tap, it does this, it, it does some really, like you can just be a, it's a cool delay, mm-hmm. but then it can, you can kind of make it do some wacky stuff. And I, and I kind of, I never automate plugins, uh-huh. but, but I did automate. There was a, it's a, what's the setting? It's a knob that controls, oh, I forget. I haven't messed with this plugin since, since I mixed your guys record. It's adjust is what the knob is, I believe. And it and so like it starts to affect kind of the the delay in this like pitchy kind of way. It's like uh-huh. sort of the timing, but it's not really the it's I think what it's doing is um and some people out there probably know more about it than I do because at the time I just didn't I was like, What you know, I haven't used this plugin and I don't know. I'm just gonna a lot of times when I get a new plugin, I don't really I learned the bare basics of it, mm-hmm. but then I just start using it and vibing on it without really like, oh, what does all this stuff do, right? And then right. later I'll go back and kind of look look at the at the uh, the like instructions on it or something. But so I was just vibing on. It. I was going one hundred percent on vibe with this plugin, and um, and uh, so I think what adjust does is it 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 it, it kind of dials in it's like a fine tune adjustment with for the delay time Mm -hmm. you know within like a certain amount of it's a subdivision of like a second or i don't know whatever it would be and so um but i automated it i automated Mm -hmm. that thing and it started making these like really like sort of odd pitchiness to Mm -hmm. two things you know and uh, i would put that on like keyboards and stuff but i would also like i would chain that into mondo mod sometimes you know Mm -hmm. and that was a cool kind of thing that little artsy little cool thing that I'll probably play around with more in the future because I I love stuff like that on um on keyboards I think a lot of times it can add a depth and a width yeah to keyboards in sort of a subtle way but it's also it's it's like a it's like a uh not not only a depth and a width but just sort of a I don't know what you would like say like an ear bendy kind of like a perk your ears up yeah it just kind of makes it it's almost like if you it's yeah it's almost like it 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 just puts a little ever so slight like almost like making a uh a black and white photograph into a color one Mm -hmm. to a degree sort of that's the best analogy i can kind of come up with but 
anyway, so sometimes with like a synth is like, eh, you know, that's something, I guess. But it's just sort of like this mono synth that's just kind of dry and kind of straightforward. And I mean, like it's not super special. You can put that on there and also it'll like really transform it into mm-hmm. something else, mm-hmm. you know. So I did that a, a little bit on the record and that was fun. So I don't know. Cool. Anyway. Yeah. And all that's available uh, at AveAveAve.com. There you go. <laughs> listen to the record. Listen, listen to it and see if you can pull out, like listen to the keyboard parts and stuff and see if you can pull out um, some of that pitchy stuff and, uh, and listen to it and know that that's the Mondo Mod plugin by Waves. Uh, also, the little Primal Tap by Sound Toys, um, which are fun plugins. So go check out the Ave record. There's nothing. There's nothing, yeah. And Spotify, yeah. Apple Music, iTunes, if you want to spend some money. Yeah, go, 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 go buy it. Go get it on iTunes. Um, go on iTunes, search Ave, download the record, listen to the listen to those parts, and then uh, tweet at the band. What's your What's the band's Twitter? Ave Ave Ave. Yeah, at Ave Ave Ave. Which yeah, Ave is A A V E. And then tweet tweet at Ave Ave Ave, and then tweet at Modern Recordist, and um, tell us what you think about those sounds and um, and. Uh, yeah, play around with that. Cool. So um, we're as uh, as usual, you know. Before I turn on the mics, I'm like, you know, we're gonna try to like make this short. I, actually, I even said that on the mic. Um, but we're almost to an hour, so let's just get into this. Let's let's wrap up the show and kind of get into like sort of. I'll share some thoughts. You and I sat down for coffee yesterday, and um, that's just the that's just the kind of guy I am, you know. Um, I try to do ten minutes, and it ends up being an hour and a half. Whatever. Um, <laughs> But um, uh, you and I were having coffee yesterday and kind of talking about some of the stuff for like what the future of the modern recordists kind of like future plans and stuff. So um, would love to kind of like share in general kind of what we're aiming to do um, in the future, which is, you know, for the most part, as far as what the show is and is about and how it be executed and all that is the same. But we're just going to up the production value a little bit. You know, you can expect some theme music and stuff. You and I may even get together and come up with something. We yeah. should maybe write a little bit of stuff. I think that would be rad. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Um, so you can expect that to, to happen, not right away at the top of at the top of the year, but um, within within the first within the first month or so, you you can expect that and. Um, so yeah, up the production value in, in in that sense a little bit. Um, you know, after I've been listening back to a bunch of these shows, uh, in, again, it was one of those things like in theory where the idea of I, I don't want it to be, I really intentionally don't want it to be this super slick like you know super yeah. polished up thing. Um, and in theory, the idea of like well, we we can just because we have bands come on and play all the time, you know. And that can be the music. That's sufficient. But after listening back, you know, I listen back to the show and take notes to learn about how I can improve as a host and whatever it is. And um, after you listen to a few episodes and there's and, and, you know, there's just I think that it doesn't really translate. Like in my mind, it's like, oh, that's a that'll work. That'll be cool. But in in execution, it doesn't really translate. So we're going to do that up the production value. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. You know. So you can expect that. And um, 
And then, uh, like I had already mentioned, I got into the 15-minute mix down, um, started talking about that at the beginning of the show. So I'm going to change the name to Producer's Notes, the Producer's Notes. And that'll still be a segment and stick around. And so then you can also expect, so um, uh, January, you will expect to hear for that entire month that's going to be dedicated to the Producer's Notes. There's not going to be any guests booked um, in January. It won't be any of the longer format episodes. So, you know, if you're not really familiar with how we operate the show, um, we alternate weeks. So week one would be, and typically what would go is week one would be a long format show with an in-studio guest, uh, would be like a producer or an engineer or a band or a songwriter or something like this. And they'll share music. Guys have come on, a lot of bands have come on and, and, and played music live in the studio. And then, you know, and I've had producers and engineers on a lot of times they want to share a few cuts from records that they've produced. So, um, you know, that, that's something that happens on the longer format shows that are an hour and a half long. And, uh, and then, the other segment, the shorter segment, um, what we're calling producer's notes now, usually it's a shorter segment, you know, sometimes it goes longer, usually it's a shorter segment, and that's kind of how it works, That that's usually something where I share something um, on the mic alone, I don't usually have a guest in, and then sometimes, you know, Parrish or somebody will sit in, um, JD or whoever, uh, people who are reg- kind of regulars on the show and friends of mine will just sit down and rap about stuff. And that's kind of usually how it goes. So in January, you can expect that that entire month is going to be just the alternate episodes, the shorter, um, where I'm going to be in the studio. I'm planning on devoting that month to some recording topics. So if you have something that you're interested in, you know, you can tweet at the Modern Recordist and, and make a suggestion for some kind of something you'd like to hear about in terms of, you know, recording techniques or how to do X, Y, Z or something like that. Um, I usually like to approach that kind of stuff where it's not really super, super specific about, um, use this exact plugin and do this or, you know, and I don't like to review plugins and stuff. I, I, that's just not, um, I don't vibe on that. So it's really more of like in the general sense of like, um, you know, J- JD and I have sat in on some some of these episodes and talked about recording drums and different ways you can get good tones out of out of drums. And um, um, you know, we talked. I think it was well the episode that's live right now that you can listen to. Episode th- um, thirty is about recording. It's about um, working with the low end in your recordings and mixes. So we talk, we ended up talking a lot about kick drum and bass guitar on that episode. Um, that's the kind of way, usually that's the kind of stuff that, how I get into it. I don't really usually get into um, about like a specific plugin and specific plugin settings and, and um, you know, that kind of stuff. But I, you know, just send in your questions. If you have something, if you're interested and we can maybe like work that out and figure out and talk about some stuff, but I'm going to devote January to that type of stuff because a lot of these episodes have been more in the mindset and, um, songwriting type stuff really pretty heavily in mindset and which is well and good. And I love that, but I want to just spend some time talking about 
you know, it, it being a recording show, so creativity in the studio or technical stuff in the studio or songwriting or whatever. I want to touch on all that stuff. So January is about recording. Um, so you can look forward to that. And that's how we're, um, how we're, we're jamming it at the top of the year and carrying forward. Um, after that, you can expect moving forward that we'll have some great guests booked. I've got some great ideas for people I want to bring on. Folks I'm going to reach out to, folks I have reached out to. You can expect some awesome guests. Uh, 2015, we brought some great guests. You know, we've been doing this show six months. It's been a great process. I've had some great talks. I've grown. It's like, you know, kind of like the learning curve of being somebody on the mic and being the host of a show. And, you know, um, I learned a lot in that. I'm still learning a lot, like how to produce a show, how to... You know, there's so many things to learn about. And one of them is just even just kind of developing the skill of being a host of a show. And so that's been fun for me. You can expect more of that. I'm continue to like I'm learning all the time and we're upping the production value of the show and learning about like the best ways to do that all the time and and committed to bringing great guests on that share really valuable stories and really valuable things about recording and making and creating great music and art. So you can expect all that in the future. And, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. The first six months was a great journey and a great learning experience, uh, and, and a great experience in self development and growth. And the next six months, we want to double down and triple down on that. And so you can look forward to that. We look forward to, to growing and developing with you, and um, hearing your stories and, you know, having this show get out to more people. And that's how I want to end the show. And I want to, I want to, um, I, I want to kind of, it's a good segue for me to say about bringing more people to hear the show. You know, the, I would ask directly for your support to do that. And then the, the three ways that you can do that is one, by getting subscribed to the show and staying subscribed to the show. So the way that that works is, you know, iTunes is the, is, is the big one in terms of how people discover podcasts. And the more people are subscribed to a podcast, the more it, it ranks better in iTunes. And the more it ranks better in iTunes, it puts our show in a position to be able to bring on better guests and people with more notoriety, people that like you would want to hear from, you know? So Get subscribed and stay subscribed. Encourage other people to get subscribed. Turn other people onto the show because it's going to put us in a position where we can, you know, we can bring on guests that really have something valuable to share. And we can and we can keep doing that. You know, um, the next way that you can support the show is by leaving a rating on iTunes. Again, that's just like being subscribed helps to propagate through iTunes, so does leaving a rating. So on it, good and honest ratings and reviews will help this show to propagate to more people. So, you know, you can get more out of this show because more people listen to the show, more people want to be on the show, and more great, valuable ideas get spread around about the show. So leave a rating, get subscribed, stay subscribed, leave a rating, encourage your friends. That's the third way. If you have a few friends, if you're into this 
And I'm sure, you know, a bandmate or somebody you create music with or somebody you know would appreciate this show. Even probably three people. Share it with them. You know, encourage them to get subscribed and leave a rating. And uh, and that that's really going to help us. So, um, tell so- the guy at Guitar Center that will not stop leaving you. We won't leave you alone. There you go. You're in there and you're just browsing the guitars. And he's like, hey, man. Let me sell you on all this stuff that you don't need. Get him off your back and tell him about our show. There you go. That's how you do it. <laughs> hey, man, you just need to chill out and listen to the modern recordist, okay? So do that. Um, and uh, also um, check out my website where you can find tons of past episodes of this show. You can find... Um, one of the things I'd really like to turn you on to is recording drums 101. Um, that's not something I usually plug on every episode. Um, but I would like to plug it here since it's the end of the year and close that out, uh, close it out, uh, promoting the, promoting that product that that's not a product. It's a resource. Um, it's a free resource. So go check it out. You can go to my website and, um, on the front page of my website, johnstinson.com, you can scroll down a little bit. You'll see it, Recording Drums 101. Click on that. It's simple tips for recording drums. Um, there's people, there's been guests on this show who have who have said that they've really gotten a lot out of that and used some of those techniques on records that they made. I think it was, um, I think it was uh, The Inscape, John Condit from The Inscape. And if you haven't heard that record, dude, that guy makes killer music. So, these these um, this resource is a great resource for just straightforward simple tips for recording drums. Go check that out, johnstinson.com, J-O-N-S-T-I-N-S-O-N. There's no H in John. Go check that out. Also, make sure you check out Jonathan Paul Parrish. That's my buddy Parrish's website here, and uh, you know he's a producer engineer as well. So check out all that he's got going on on his website and get in touch with him there. And um, check out, of course, Ave. So, and what's the one more time? What's the, is it, like? What's the best place to to check out Ave? Where would our you homepage, our website. Okay. Yeah. So it's Ave 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 dot com. Cool. Ave. A, yeah. A A V E. Yep. A A V E Ave 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 dot com. Check it out. So that's it. That's how we're gonna sign off. 2015 was awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being listeners. Thank you guys for supporting this show. Thank you guys for making it great. I've gotten a lot of great feedback from all kinds of people emailing me, even like, you know, people coming up to me around town and, and, and saying that they've gotten something out of the show. It's been really rewarding and I really appreciate it. And this has been awesome. It's been something that I've been wanting, you know, I wanted to launch this podcast and I think it was like in 2013. Well, 2015, we finally launched it and it's been a great experience and I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about um, going into next year. And um, so I'm really looking forward to it. And with that, we will sign off. This year's been great. Looking forward to more. Uh, Yeah, there's more for you next year. And in the meantime, go live your life of an extraordinary artistic visionary and create something impactful in the world.